This is The Guardian. Today, can you breathe your way to feeling better? Before we start, I want you to be aware that in this episode we discuss long-term mental health struggles and mention suicide, so please take care when you're listening. And there's a little bit of swearing. And just start to inhale in through the nose and exhale through the mouth. Just being aware of your shoulders, making sure that your shoulders are down and your jaw is relaxed. Keeping your eyes closed. And we're just going to inhale for a count of three. Inhaling in for one, two, three. Exhale, let go. For one, two, three. And then inhaling again for one, two. That morning had started like many others. By about 7am, the cat's long battle to wake me by pacing back and forth across my face as I slept had been successful. I hauled my body out of bed, gave him his breakfast and put the radio on while I made myself a coffee. Oh, hello, who's from Whosville? How is everybody? I got to my desk and started working. By mid-morning, I hadn't thought about my body at all. I was basically just a brain floating five foot five inches off the ground. But then I spoke to a woman called Rebecca. So sometimes when we're feeling a little bit scattered or overwhelmed or we've got too many tabs open in our brain, it's harder to focus and to feel grounded. And the fastest way for us to get present is to start to focus and bring all of our awareness to our breath. Rebecca Dennis is a breathwork coach who's helped thousands of people to cope with their physical and mental health conditions. So just wherever you are right now, just by simply being aware of how you're breathing and the way that you're breathing all day, every day, is is a real game changer. Are we making the most of our breathing? Breathing, this act that should be instinctual to us, has somehow been forgotten in the business of our lives. So in this episode, as we start the new year and try to build good habits, we're going to give you that time and those tools. From The Guardian, I'm Hannah Moore. Today in Focus, how did we forget to breathe? but that is a delightful breakfast. Hi, I'm John Crace. I'm the Guardian's parliamentary sketch writer, which means that I spend most of my week in Westminster listening to our politicians making clear-headed and rational decisions. At least that's what we would like them to be doing. So you've been on the podcast quite a few times and you've spoken, obviously, 
about your political sketch work, but also mm. about your mental health. Yeah. And if people haven't listened to those episodes, would you mind just just giving me a, an overview of the things that you've experienced throughout your life? To say that I've got poor mental health is probably an understatement. For a start, I, I was a sort of heroin addict from the age of 20 to 30. I cleaned up in 1987, and I haven't drunk or taken drugs since then. But, you know, the same problems that sort of led me to into sort of taking a lot of drugs were still there. I kind of struggle with anxiety and depression. Every day for the last 18 months, I've kind of woken up with this sense of dread, the feeling that I've failed at the day before I've started. Always my first thought is, how can I get out of everything that I've got to do today? But I just have to sort of talk to myself, force myself to get out of bed, get a coffee and just sort of fake it, really. What other methods had you tried then to manage your anxiety? Many of the sort of predictable ones. I've been in therapy for 35 years. I also have a psychiatrist because obviously psychiatrists can prescribe medication. So I'm on various sort of medications. And exercise has always been uh, a big part of my life. On the cross trainer, I have covered more kilometres going nowhere than anyone else in Streatham, I think. So you tried a few different methods, had ongoing therapy for many years. Mm. How did you find out about breath work? It's something that had been knocking around, but it would be never anything that I'd actually thought. I, I thought it was going to be too kind of woo-woo. Do you know what I mean? What What do you mean by woo-woo? Well, a bit too kind of new age, really. And, you know, not to put too fine upon her bullshit. And it was only when Claire Margitson, who is the editor-in-chief on, on a Saturday at The Guardian, suggested I go and do it for a Saturday supplement she was bringing out, that I kind of thought, yeah, I'll go and I'll give it a go. Tell me about the person that you went to. I mean, I just feel that I got incredibly lucky. His name is Alan Dolan. He was just really open and sort of friendly. And he had a kind of really warm aura about him. And I kind of said to myself, you've got to kind of park all your scepticism, all your cynicism just this once, John. You've got an hour with this bloke. You know, it may turn out to be all nonsense, but if it is, let's not make it it's nonsense because you've sabotaged it. You know, let's sort of try and judge it on its own merits, if you like. Mm -hmm. How did it work then? What, what does he actually do with you? He lay me down on the sofa. He sat just behind me, behind my head, and um, and then he said, you know, we've got to concentrate on the breathing. 
I thought it was going to be deep breaths and long exhales and stuff like that. And he said, no, it's more about the kind of repetitive, continuous breathing. So, so half breath. So you breathe kind of. It's a much more gentle experience rather than, you know, you know. So how long did he have you doing that for, that repetitive rhythmic breathing? For about 25 minutes we did it. Now I can remember one of the, the other starting things was he said, I want you to start putting roots down from your feet. I want your feet to feel heavy and I want you to feel them connecting to the sofa and then sort of connecting through. We were on the first floor going down through the building into the earth. And the weird thing with when he was saying this stuff about my feet, the first thing that came into my head was the kind of, here we go, this is the nonsense I thought it'd be. And I thought, John, pull yourself together. Just go with it. And the weird thing was that after a couple of minutes of this, my feet felt really hot and really heavy, as if they were connected to the floor. I don't know if it's auto-suggestion, I don't know quite what it was, but it was amazing. At one point he'd put on, you know, what I call yoga music, you know, the pan pipes. Um, uh, A little dolphin yelp now and yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and I kind of thought, I can live with this. You know, it's not necessarily the way I would choose to do it, but it's his way and it seems to work. And And then at some point... I must have gone into a trance or something like that because I have no recollection except for him bringing me back. Rebecca Dennis, you're a breath coach and you've written two books about this as well. Breathing is obviously something that is completely innate, but it seems like a lot of us aren't doing it properly. How has that come to happen, that we're not breathing to our full capacity a lot of the time? I mean, I think it's fair to say that the majority of young adults and teenagers have got a dysfunctional breathing pattern. And when we look at babies and toddlers, they really are our gurus. When you look at a baby or you look at a little toddler, they're breathing in their belly and they're breathing in the midsection and they're breathing in the chest. So when I when I say they're breathing in all those places, it looks as if the breath is coming in and out like a wave. And it's not until we get to the ages of three to seven that we start to emotionally develop and become a lot more aware of our surroundings, of our cultures, of authorities around us in school, parents, our peers, and so on. And so we learn how to control emotion and to control pain by changing the rhythms and the patterns and the depths of our breathing. And so over time, we start to accumulate these breathing patterns. And 
Sometimes people are breathing much more in their belly, but not so much in the chest. A lot of people I meet, a majority of people that I meet seem to be breathing much more up in the chest and using muscles that they don't need to be using at all, using muscles in the shoulders, using muscles in the necks, hence you get people getting quite a lot of shoulder tension. And some people are shallow breathing, some people hold their breath, some people have reverse breathing um, patterns. So for example, when you're inhaling, your tummy is going in as opposed to going out. So there's all of these different breathing patterns that people can accumulate over the years. And so with breathwork, what it's really is, is helping to do is helping us to remember how we breathe before life got to us and how we breathe when we're babies and when we're toddlers and when we're just completely in the moment and we're not trying to be quite so in control. What's the science behind it? The way that you breathe all day, every day, and how we're breathing, it's communicating via the vagus nerve, which comes down from the brainstem and travels down and communicating with all of the organs in your body. There are messages bouncing back and forth from the brain to the body and the body to the brain, letting us know on a primal level if really if we're safe or if we're not safe, if we can go into a relaxed state or if we need to go into a flight or fight state. And so when we have more of an understanding about how we're breathing and the way that we're breathing, then we can bounce in and out of these states a lot more easily. And just by practicing, for example, a minute of conscious breathing a day can help to clear cortisol from your system. Cortisol is it's a stressor chemical that's created when we're feeling anxious or stressed. I know you've been practicing this for many years now. How did you first come to breathwork? I had a history of depression for many, many years and I was on medication from the age of 18 and I was on medication for 15 years and I didn't think that I would ever get off it because whenever I tried to come off that medication, it was too challenging. So I kind of resigned myself that I would be taking medication for the rest of my life. And I also used to suffer quite badly with anxiety and panic attacks I tried so many different therapies and then 15 years ago I walked into a breathwork class and two months before that actually I tried to take my life so I used to have suicidal thoughts quite regularly and when I walked into this breathwork class it was went on for two hours and I could feel every cell in my body or at least that's what it felt like it was a very very physical experience it was very emotional it was very visceral um but I came out of there just thinking my goodness I've just found something incredibly powerful and because everything else that I'd tried to help me with depression um always felt like it was a temporary fix But this was something for me that I just kept going back and I kept going back and kept doing one-on-ones and doing workshops and different sessions. And with the guidance of my doctor, within a few months, I came off the medication. I haven't taken it since. It's incredible the effect you're describing that it's had for you. And I can imagine that people come to you with traumas of different kinds, mental and physical. Tell me what they're trying to get out of breath work. I think some people, when they come, it's almost like it's a last resort. And I've worked with people who have had debilitating anxiety, people who 
have had experiences of of abuse um people who have asthma who no longer have asthma and being able to throw away their inhalers i've worked with people who've had autoimmune diseases or working with rheumatoid arthritis so we're definitely not medical doctors and i would never say don't go to your doctor or you know don't take the pills that you're prescribed i would never say that but it's a really good support and and when you start to integrate this work it can improve your well-being on so many levels you mentioned people who have experiences of abuse why might breathwork help them deal with the effects of that it can start to bring up past traumas and often things that we've buried so deeply in the way that our bodies are so clever and, and the mind is so clever sometimes we completely we've, we bury memories completely and sometimes those memories can come back up but when we are working with the breath we're working with the breath in a way that because we've almost like disarmed the nervous system you're in a place where you're not in that state of panic so you can help yourself to breathe and to move through it so you start to clear that from the body memory mm. you know when somebody comes into your studio can you see just by looking at them where they're holding tension yes I see a lot of people with very very tight tense jaws so many people they clench their jaw or they clench their jaw at night time and you have these little little diaphragmatic muscles which are in the back of the throat which are correlating with your main diaphragm muscle which is just situated underneath the diaphragm and then you have other little muscles which are like little diaphragm muscles in the pelvis as well often when we're suppressing maybe emotion or if we're suppressing feelings people just are not conscious that they are clenching the jaw and often clenching their hips as well it's just that with the body's way of contracting and when you do that then it starts to have an effect on the whole of your respiratory system so so yes I see a lot of tight jaws and also you can see sometimes a lot of people who are chest breathers so example if I said to someone you know take a deep breath for me now just take a deep breath in front of me then often you'll see their shoulders rising and the intercostal muscles are the ones that have been being used, but not necessarily the ones down in the belly. So there's this this overuse of, of chest breathing. So we, you can see that quite a lot as well. Should we be breathing solely through our noses? Generally, yes, absolutely. So the reason why is because we have those tiny little hairs that filter the air and any bacteria and it warms the air as it comes down into our lungs when we're breathing through the nose but also we produce nitric oxide when we breathe through the nose and that's a natural immune defense for us so it's really really important that people breathe through their nose all day every day it has so many more benefits and when I'm working with athletes or working with runners or boxers they can really improve their stamina if they start to learn to breathe more through their nose. If you're if you're a runner and you go for a run, you, you will know how hard it is to keep that nose breathing going like for 5K or 10K. But over time, you can train your body to do that. Can you talk me through the different types? There's thousands of different techniques. There's breathwork techniques that you can use for anxiety if you need to help to feel calm there's breath work that you can use if you're feeling tired to bring in more energy 
And then there's also breathwork such as conscious connected breathwork, which is more of a therapeutic technique where you can really start to go into the subconscious body and help to release trauma as well, where there's no pause in between the inhale and the exhale. And that is something which if you're ever going to do that, I recommend that people don't practice that first of all on their own. Um, because it's pretty powerful stuff. There's coherent breathing, which is really simple. If you just practice it for five minutes every day, it's been proven again, all the research around how it can really help to balance the nervous system. And it's just very simply inhaling in for five and exhaling for five and then inhaling for five and exhaling for five and just repeating that, just keeping that rhythm at the same rhythm with the inhale and the exhale. Over the past few years, it seems like more and more people in the UK are becoming aware of breathwork. But of course, it's not a new practice at all. Can you tell me a little bit about the history of the practice and, and how it's been part of different disciplines and across different cultures? There's um, practices such as Qigong and Tai Chi, which has been around for thousands and thousands of years. And then we have yoga and pranayama again, which has been around for thousands and thousands of years. All of these practices, really, the goal is is the same, to optimize your mental and your physical well-being. With conscious connected breathwork, Leonard Orr and also Stalinslav Grof, they were the two really main pioneers for conscious connected breath work mm. and at the time in the US so that was probably in the 60s and working with psychedelics and working with trauma and how we can access these states and and then their discovery was that actually you can access these states through conscious connected breath work I mean, I had no idea that I'd actually been in this sort of altered space. I mean, for the purposes of the article, I'd said, do you mind if I leave my tape recorder on? And he said, no, that's absolutely fine. And I remember playing back the tape that evening and... There was about three or four minutes that I'd completely lost. I was so present in the moment that I also hadn't realised that it was it was in King's Cross and the main road and there were police cars going up and down and I hadn't heard them. And yet on the tape, all you could hear is sort of him talking above the police sirens and the noise of the traffic. And I'd completely block that out and you described going into this trance essentially Mm. for several minutes Mm. do you remember how you felt when you'd come to I I felt absolutely amazing I mean I felt really at a kind of peace with myself that I hadn't felt for ages you know I wasn't fighting anything I I basically just I mean, if he had said, you can curl up here and go to sleep and stay here for a couple of days, I'd have said, I'm I'm your man. What do you think it was then that had worked for you? Clearly, it does work. Clearly, there is a physical uh, mechanism that does work, that breathing 
in a certain way does allow you to access your feelings, your thoughts, and a part of you that is kind of locked off from, you know, you've in the main, or certainly locked off from me in, as I go about my day to day. I suppose it allows the subconscious time to, you know, expand. How have you taken what you learnt from that workshop then into the rest of your life? Well, I do do my breathing exercises a couple of times a week. I should do it all every day. I would like to do it every day. I'm just not that disciplined. And possibly I'm just hopelessly self-destructive. So what what are the exercises that you do? Well, literally, I just sort of assume the same position and I try and go through the kind of focus on the breathing. I mean, I've since had two sessions with Alan, um, which have, again, both been amazing, transformative. Uh, You know, in another world, uh, I would employ Alan as my personal breather he could come and stay here you know this is this is see if i was elon musk or someone like that i would have a personal breather you know he could just we could do an hour session you know once a day then he could wander off and do what he liked uh you know it wouldn't be a very demanding job you know when i do retire i'm desperate to go off to one of alan's retreats in lanzarote and spend a week there do you think doing this breath work has given you a sense that you you felt like an overall improvement in your anxiety and depression? I don't feel as if I've given it enough hard work on my part at the moment. The rewards that I get are very immediate and every time I do it I kind of think I feel better. But as I go off and engage with the rest of the day and sort of life sort of starts running away from me, I feel it's quite elusive. It's sort of, I can feel it slipping away from me. It's partly about deadlines as well. I mean, you know, when the thing that I'm sketching starts at five o'clock, finishes at six o'clock, and I've got to file 850 words by 730 I don't really feel that there is a moment for me to to breathe, to take 10 minutes out and think, how am I feeling about myself? It's just got to be done on adrenaline. But I think with someone like Alan, having sort of seen him, he's sort of constructed his own life around his breath work and it clearly has had a lasting effect. So I, th- I think it probably can. Coming up... This might all sound great in theory, but how do we find time for breathwork in our daily lives? Rebecca explains. A lot of people are going to be listening to this after a Christmas break where they're coming back to their jobs feeling quite stressed again yeah what would you recommend they can do what would you recommend that we can all do to bring breath work into our daily lives you know while we're at work while we're looking after kids what can we do I think it's really good to try to make it 
not a chore. So just by being aware of how you're breathing and the way that you're breathing uh, every day and and just start to things like really simple things like you can just start to massage your jaw, just massaging the jaw and opening the mouth nice and wide and really getting into all of those um, into all of those muscles. If you do that every day, then you're the because the natural mechanism of a yawn and a sigh. Uh, helps the diaphragm to relax so if you can get your jaw relaxed and you're going to get your diaphragm to be really relaxed as well if you're finding that it's hard to get the breath down into the belly so example I was saying that when people say take a deep breath and everything will be fine but sometimes it can make people feel panicked because the breath is only moving up in the chest you can lie down on the ground and with your belly on the ground and just make a little pillow with your hands for your forehead and just breathe down into the ground so you're pushing your belly down into the ground and then you can feel those muscles working if you practice doing that just for five minutes or ten minutes every day then you will start to get this deep diaphragmatic breathing pattern so much more easily john said that he's finding it difficult to bring it into his working life he's kind of compartmentalizing his breath work into two or three sessions per week even though he has found it profoundly helpful um because he reflected that in his job he feels he needs to be running on adrenaline basically meeting those deadlines working in this high pressure environment do you think there's anything he or or somebody working in a similar environment could do during their working day things like box breathing for example which a lot of people I think are aware of it's it's a method that is used by the SAS but so it's like when you're in those highly charged situations but you also need to be very grounded and focused then work with the breath and it's very simple just inhaling in for four holding the breath for four exhaling the breath for four and then holding the breath for four and then repeating that but making sure that the breath is coming from the space in your belly and not rising from your chest. Practicing something like that every single day is going to be really, really helpful. Rebecca, you've come to this practice through your own personal experience, through immense difficulties that you'd had in your life. Looking back across all these years, these 15 years that you've been practicing this, how has it changed your life? It's changed my life in many, many ways. And that's why, you know, I'm so I'm so passionate about sharing it and then just seeing the transformation that it makes with other people as well. Um, I really managed to get to the roots of my depression. I don't take medication anymore. I've, you know, I haven't taken it for 15 years. And um, I actually really love life now. I'm so appreciative every day that I wake up. And, um, you know, like things like anxiety and things like public speaking, that's something that I would never have done all those years ago. You know, I say yes when sometimes, you know, I'll get asked to do things like go on this morning and, and that would have put dread in my body but then I'm like that's okay I can use my breath too if I'm going to feeling feeling a bit anxious about doing that so you know the opportunities that I've had and the people that I've met and and sharing this work has been incredible. Rebecca it's been absolutely wonderful to speak to you thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to Rebecca Dennis As I mentioned, she's written two books on this, which are full of practical advice, as well as explaining the science behind breathwork. They're called 
and breathe and let it go. She's also got free resources on her website, which is breathingtree.co.uk. And what a joy as ever to have John Crace on the show. You can read his political sketches every day at theguardian.com, where you'll also find his article about that first breathwork session. If you're struggling with your mental health or having suicidal thoughts, please know that help is available. You can contact Samaritans any time of the day for free on 116-123 or by emailing joe, that's J-O, at samaritans.org. This episode was produced by Natalie Ktena and sound designed by Rudy Zagadlo. The executive producer was Elizabeth Cassin. We'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian. Thank you.